This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, ha- send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum, and somebody had asked a question about Indio, and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, so that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Digital Broker. I'm Steve Anderson, your host, along with my co-host, Ryan Deeds is on the line with us. Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing awesome, Steve. Good to be with you. Great. So we're going to jump right in because I want to talk about email. Uh, email management, uh, email as uh, a problem uh, potentially from productivity to ENO to perhaps even data security. Uh, and I think, Ryan, as you and I were just chatting a little bit, we're going to probably break this down into two, possibly three different episodes because one, it's that important. Uh, and two, there are a lot of nuances that go into how uh, agents and brokers are using email in their organizations. I think that's interesting to even have that have that thought, Steve, because I, I think most organizations don't don't probably think about email. Email just exists. It's no, it is right. It's there. It's there, and you know, when and I talk about this a lot, and uh, to the groups audiences that I that I speak to and i think you're right i hadn't really thought of it in that way ryan but i think you're right it just is there and i think that actually is the problem because the use of email as a primary communication tool for clients prospects underwriters just about anybody has grown faster than our ability to actually manage uh, that email and i believe pretty strongly that the current way email is managed in virtually every organization that I've looked at is the biggest productivity drain in that organization. One, because everybody's sort of doing their own thing with it. Uh, And two, there's not intentionality about thinking about email as simply another communication channel. I think uh, agency staff treats email with much more urgency than it deserves, meaning I have to monitor my inbox every day, uh, every minute. I have to know what emails are coming in. I have to respond to those emails right away. And and I think that is a a big problem in and of itself. Uh, And so, you know, let's delve into that piece of it first, and then we'll kind of expand out in some of the other areas. So productivity drain. 
I, I think it is. I mean, I, I think that, you know, you and I've gone back and forth on, on this some, but uh, in my opinion, you know, underutilized software, you know, with your, and, and this will show up here a little bit through Outlook and the different uses that we want to see with it. But, you know, as we've talked about this episode, you know, it, this thing is kind of unfurled and it's like a cake, you know, because you have the topical layer that your users are really messing with. And then you have all the foundation stuff underneath it to get it into the organization. And it's funny because as an IT person, one of the things that is an instant, like you've got to get on it right now, there's not too many fires, right? I mean, really, most things can be addressed relatively with time. But if email's down, if phones are down, you got to hop on it and people know real fast. <clears throat> because if your email starts having issues, the staff stops having faith in the email system, which is a core fundamental trust that they have to have in, the, in your technology. If folks don't have a fundamental belief that it's going to get delivered or they're not receiving it on time, it causes so many issues and it drives you crazy because you spend a lot of time trying to prove to individuals that it's not your system <laughs> that right. uh, has busted. Right. You know, and again, for the vast majority of, of who's listening, Outlook is their primary email client. I would say for a very large percentage, Microsoft Exchange as the email server sits behind that handling and, and actually providing quite a bit of opportunities to better manage. But as you said earlier, not maximizing the software tools that you have because, and I think now the reason is email just is. We don't think about the need to actually manage it, learn how to use it, learn how to get more productive with it. And in my opinion, the biggest issue there is learn how not to allow email to distract deep work, deep thinking, you know, the, the analysis. So, you know, my best example of that always is how does a individual know that when they get a new email? Well, typically there's an alert, either the box in Outlook pops up or some other indicator or, which I think is even a worse case, because of double and triple monitors, Outlook inboxes open all the time. So they're always seeing those emails that are highlighted and bold because they're new and unread and they're being distracted by that all the time. So we talk about distracted driving, uh, I think a worse, problem is distraction caused by email and not allowing the staff to actually get the work done correctly the first time that they need to get done. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I think that, you know, it, operationally, if you've had a conversation about email and how you should handle it, you're ahead of the game. I think it's funny. You look at when we upgrade to from Office 2010 to Office 2016, what's that procedure look like? I, I mean, are you sitting down with your staff and you showing them the new features and functionality? I mean, how are you helping them take a hold of all that stuff and for the most part none of that ever happens i mean it just it, it just doesn't it gets put in place you might throw them through a quick training class and you hope that they know and so the the enterprising ones that know how to use youtube and google and want to solve issues they're going to go out and do that but you're going to need a lot of folks because you haven't shown them the way they're going to do it the same way they always have and with the volume that we're having today it's not conducive to that work life to, to working like that yeah but, but I think that the, you know, the top has to help the bottom understand what the, what the role in email plays in their specific situations. Because it's going to be different per, per, per department and per individual. 
And I would say it's up to management to decide, okay, what are we going to do as an organization? How are we going to handle this process? How are we going to attach the emails and which ones do we attach? Which ones don't we have to attach? And so I think that's really important. So I, I think there are probably a couple of areas, at least in Outlook, as you said, that uh, I want to highlight in terms of training. So I think the first is just Outlook settings. You know, do you have alerts on? And if you do, my recommendation is turn them off because I don't believe a staff person needs to know when they get a new email. Now, again, I get some pushback on that one because they say, well, you don't know my clients. You know, they expect an immediate response. When my response back to that is, okay, that may be the case. I actually think it's the exception, but you've trained your clients to expect an immediate response because you've responded immediately versus having a conversation about expectations. Because again, if, I, if you have a CSR working on a proposal, producer's waiting, there's pressure to get it out, get it correct, get it done, then that distraction of an email is just as bad as distraction when you're driving. So we know not to text when we drive. Do we do email when we're trying to get some of these things done? So for me, then the next step is training people to go to their e email inbox at regular intervals. Now, depending on what you're doing, that may be quicker, shorter, 15 minutes. It may be longer every hour. And then you actually process those emails. You're able to get those done quicker, better, faster if you're able to concentrate on your emails and get them done and get them out. So I think that, you know, settings and what I call the mindset around paper versus digital. I think that's really important. Um, I think the second area that I see really lacking in training is Outlook rules. So actually how to process your email automatically for things that you don't need to touch. Um, and I, you get a lot, everybody, we get a lot of email that is not spam. I'm not talking about that because if it's spam, then you need better, you know, IT spam filter, right? That kind of thing but it's the newsletters, it's the notifications from the carrier, it's, it's all kinds of things that are not spam, but they're certainly not urgent. And rules can help manage that and put those emails out of your inbox someplace else that you trust that you'll get back to. I, I think a core issue here for me is too many agency staff treat email as a file cabinet. Sure. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, uh, most agencies don't dictate how people should use their email internally. I think it's a hard thing to dictate because it's hard to have accountability on. You know, I, I think that if the, now if the agency has provided some upper conduit to be able to keep all that stuff safe, like Archiver, which we can get into later, then you have a lot more ability to tell your staff, hey, you've got to do it this way. We'll find it uh, through the Archiver, through whatever other mechanism. Typically, but it, no, it causes massive issues when you have a ton of email in there. You, you see it all the time when, you know, Sally doesn't have, it takes off for a week and Betty comes in behind her, you don't, and there's a thousand things in there. You don't know what's been acted on or what's not. I, I will tell you this though, IT people typically hate rules because invariably that user will come to me and say, I don't know where my email is going. The email system is broken and I'm not getting emails. Mm -hmm. And then we go in and, and maybe they've told three other people, oh, we're not getting emails. 
And they said, well, we don't have a problem. But now they've started to fracture the trust in the email system, which is, is just critical. And so when you go to the desk and you got to go figure out if they have a rule in place, the, a lot of times views confuse people. I mean, it's funny because, but the organization ultimately, in my opinion, is, is, holds the bag because if they're not dedicating time to email training um, and outlook proficiencies, mm -hmm. th this is the result of it, right? I mean, yeah, this exactly. is the result of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, rules are very powerful and it, you're right. If you screw one up, and I, that's why I always say test your rule. Make sure you know which one you've added. If something's not showing up or, I mean, and there are exceptions that you can build into those rules. But it's probably 10% of audiences that I ask how many know and use rules that respond positively, that say, yes, we do. And that, that to me is absolutely terrible. It's probably the number one software application that people spend the most time in and they know the least about. I just think that's really problematic. Well, um, I mean, and I think from an E&O perspective, you know, what's getting attached, what's not, is how, you know, is your documentation correct in terms of storing that uh, where it's supposed to be? So I, I just think that's a I, huge issue. I'll use Outlook all the time as a pushback. You know, you have some Yahoo owner come in and says, hey, we got this great software and it does all these things. And I'm like, your users use Outlook like this much every day. Mm -hmm. How are they going to, how are you going to get them to leverage all the super whiz bang functionality of that technological product when we can't get them to leverage some, some basics and outlook. I mean, right. it really is my benchmark and, and just like technological vendors, they'll come in with a product that does everything. Can't effectively leverage outlook. And so how are you going to try to get, and then you have a three day implementation. I mean, come on, it's a joke. And so, yeah, I think that, um, you know, obviously if you put time into training your staff, they can learn how to leverage that tool that's very effective, which will then help them at the desktop. I think you've got to think at the next level, which is overall email reduction strategy and how do you do that? You know, is there, I mean, have you ever even heard of that, right? Email reduction right. strategy. Right. When I interviewed, that was one of the things that I talked about because I was so hot on my dream is my staff comes in when they get an email 90% of the time it's actionable it's something that they actually need it's something that they're they're going to to provide a service or do something that's going to benefit externally not I got to look at this for five minutes or two minutes break my concentration and so that's always been my dream is how do I get at, at the most relevant stuff coming into my staff members email box um, and and it, it is a tough battle. I mean, it's something you always are fighting. So uh, how well have you done? Well, I mean, I think we've done extremely well at, at Crichton. Uh, you know, when we, when I got there, you know, we, we did, we were able to do a lot of enhancements. And so we, we, we moved all internal communications to an internal collaboration tool. And we then put in a very aggressive spam filter and we just implemented something called a DMARC, which, uh, which I didn't know anything about. I went, so a guy hit me up on LinkedIn and said, Hey, I scanned your system and you don't have a DMARC. And in my head being the old, the tech that I am, a DMARC is where the phone lines come in. Right. Like, I have a DMARC dude. And he, and he sent me all this paperwork. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't have a DMARC. And it was this very so explain, explain a little bit what DMARCs are. 
So a DMARC is a technology that analyzes the numbers associated with the computer that it, that's the address where the email is supposed to be coming from against the the words that it's saying. So if it comes from google.com, the DMARC helps verify that that's true and that google.com has not been reported maliciously on a global scale. Um, and so, it, it, so it's a way, one, to help cut down uh, phishing and whaling attacks, right, it, by it masking uh, inbound email address. Yep. You know, and it, it helps with email delivery, de deliverability in terms of, you know, you've set up your email server to double check automatically right. some of those emails that, that are coming in. And if I remember right, that's done at a DNS level? It is. It's, it's higher than, I mean, we use Barracuda Sentinel to do that. Um, you can bring it in-house. But what we saw was the, the, a lot of the federal organizations were mandating that their people had to use it. And so what we think down the stretch is this is going to become the, the de facto a standard, standard way to do it. Right. And, and so for those listening who just like glazed over this last couple of minute conversation, um, you know, it, it is something to look at in terms of email deliverability inbound and managing it certainly will probably require some uh, more technical IT help uh, for you to make sure you whether you have it or not or install it or not. But there are several things there. Uh, and, and the only reason I know it is because uh, for my marketing platform, I've set that up to make sure the emails I send out from it are uh, more deliverable, that they're more trusted because I've gone through that process of, I don't know if registering is a quite, quite the right name for it, but establishing that the emails I send out are, are from a trusted source uh, and are not uh, spam. Uh, so that's certainly part of it. And a little, you know, again, a little more on the, on the technical side. What else have you done in terms of reducing? So, so first you said, okay, we're going to take all our internal emails and we're going to move them over to a collaboration platform. By the way, I, I call that the reply alls uh, and the CC's internal spam. Um, we don't have a filter for those kind of spam uh, emails. So you move those over to a collaboration platform and out of the inbox. What's your estimate of how much that cut down inbox clutter? Oh my, I mean, it, it was tremendous because I mean, every day you'd have, hey, this person's here for bagels or hey, we have a yard sale for this or this person passed away. I mean, you know, you just have a ton of stuff mm -hmm. in an a organization with a hundred people. You have a bunch of stuff. Right. And then I'd always get emails like, why can't we do something about this? You know, why do we always get these emails? So we put in Slack, the Slack has a random channel, go to town on it. If you don't want to be a part of the random channel, don't be. It's don't fine. be. That's right. And what we found was that the incentivizer was once we started doing our giveaways and our food, uh, hey, this person's here on Slack, that kind of made everybody come along. And once we had 75%, the last 25 kind of came grudging. Kind of came on. Too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and again, for those listening, the Slack is one option. It's actually a pretty popular option. There's also Microsoft Teams and a few other ones that you might look at to help cut down on all of that email. I mean, think about it. You get five emails a day sent out to every employee. That's 500 emails that have to be at least looked at and deleted, hopefully, and not stored someplace else. But again, that's that inbox clutter uh, that, that can really 
keep people from uh, uh, being the most productive that they uh, are able to be. So, you know, I think that's, that's really important. Let me ask you this. So what, what's your feeling of how many emails are in the average employee's inbox? In ours? Yes. Um, I mean, we, we have a, about a two gig average, but it's all over the map. I mean, so, and I don't know how many emails that might equate to, because maybe one person has a lot more um, attachments or files or right. Yeah. But I've got users with 20 gigs of email, which is just and nuts yeah, because that is a file system. You know, you're using a file system, but right. exchange can have quotas put on it and you can do all kinds of stuff at Lanier Upshaw. When we did our re-architecture, we, we, forcing people to get lower and lower and lower and so so you can actually set limits of the size based on the bite size of the email inbox uh, and that that's certainly one option for cutting down on that file cabinet idea uh, again what I've seen is the big pushback is producers and agency owners management right because they want all that stuff and not be constrained right and I, I, from a E&O documentation standpoint, if all of that stuff's in Outlook and not your management system attached to the client file or in a document management system, you know, that's just problematic from a documentation integrity standpoint. Yeah, and I would never be, I mean, personally, I, I, I love my staff and I think that they're awesome and they do the best job they can. But I'm not going to base my career or, or our E&O protections on the compliance to procedures that maybe I can't hold 100% accountability to. And mm -hmm. so for us, you know, we, we, and I think a lot of organizations, they bring in something above that email archiver that captures all that going in and out. So they can, for the E&O, I mean, that's, that's, email is the most critical thing. Every time we take a ding on claim and the carrier pushes back or we need to go prove to the client that they actually did decline coverage on this on a Friday night, you know, here's the email that says that's right. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and I mean, yep. that's, that's, our, that's our indelible proof that, that, that it's such a critical component. I agree. Anything else you can think of in terms of cutting down the amount of email in the inbox? I mean, I think, I think the main thing is conversating about it, you know, talking about what email is supposed to be used for and whatnot. You know, now when I worked at Tropicana Orange Juice, they had like an Orwellian 50 megabyte limit on the mailbox and, but large companies, they can do that. Right. They, they have a much different structure because, and then they stopped allowing you to send email once you hit that limit and it can be different for sea levels and all this. And so that was very effective, obviously. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I think an agent broker environment is a bit different, as we already sure. mentioned, you know, attachments, you know, applications, some of that are, are large uh, files that can eat up some of that space that don't necessarily translate directly into um, number, number of emails. So we'll wrap this up now, but I, I, I what I'm hoping people will understand is one email distraction. If you've got that inbox open you are being distracted by those emails and that by its very nature means you're not as efficient and effective. That's a problem. I think two, for me, a takeaway here is learn Outlook, mm -hmm. become an Outlook ninja, learn settings, learn 
um, rules, two other things, learn quick parts and quick steps, two separate items, quick parts and quick steps, all are simple tools to learn that once you get in the groove of using them will increase your productivity. So there's a, you know, an Outlook search folders. I mean, I, I could start pointing to various tools that are built into that platform that hardly anybody understands that are absolutely great tools to help manage email and not be so overwhelmed with the email that's coming in or the email that stays in your inbox. I always ask this question when I'm doing a presentation. Ryan, can you guess my personal record for seeing the number of emails in an inbox, physically seeing in Outlook? What do you think? How many? Like the little number on the left-hand side? Yeah, bottom left-hand corner. 20,000, 40,000. Close. My personal record is uh, almost 11,000. Okay. Uh, I had an agency owner tell me uh, during a presentation uh, that he had over 30,000 in his inbox. Yeah, I think I probably have like 100 because I never clean my inbox out. I use yeah. search. I have a different take on, on I use search all the time. And so, okay. You know. Well, and I, and I would say for you, that's different because you're not typically that's storing right. client files. And right? I'm a dis disorganized mess. That's certainly being honest there. There you go. Oh, it's absolutely true. One thing I do think, uh, you know, if you just go to YouTube for the next week, every day, and you put in whatever, if you're Outlook 2016, and put in Outlook 2016 tips, find a five-minute video, by the end of the week, you will be a more productive individual and a happier individual because it'll enable you to get rid of that crap that you get annoyed about every time it comes in. Because right. I know everybody listening to this, every time they get, there's something that comes in your mailbox, you're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> right. That's how you can take care of it by yep. going through these, learning rules, learning some of the nuances, and it'll make your day better. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So, uh, well, hopefully this was a helpful conversation for everybody. Uh, email, we're going to uh, probably address this a number of times in various different ways uh, as we move forward, because it is such a big issue and something that literally everybody in uh, agent broker organization spend time dealing with. So we hope we've given you some ideas to, to help manage that better. So appreciate you listening and uh, we'll see you next episode. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Send us your questions and comments. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. To learn why over a thousand agents use Indio, go to www.useindio.com/podcast.